Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Matthew 16, beginning with verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes. Be killed and be raised the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Oh no, Lord, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned and told Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me because you're not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will find it. For what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world, yet loses his life? Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will reward each according to what he has done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. You may be seated. Uh, today I'm going to talk to you about what God has laid upon my heart for this week. Uh, Jesus has you know, asked his disciples previously here in chapter 16, uh, who do uh, the people say that I am? And they gave various answers from John the Baptist to Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then he says, who do you say that I am? And of course, we have the very famous statement of Peter who said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus pats him on the head and says, you know, Peter, that's awesome because my father has revealed this to you. Your flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. And then we move directly to what I read you, to you today. So we move from the affirmation that was given to Peter and the rest of the disciples by proclaiming that Jesus Christ was indeed the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that he was going to be the Savior of the Jews and ultimately the Savior of all of us, to include the Gentiles. And now... It says from that time, so from the time that they officially acknowledged beyond any reasonable doubt that they believed that he was indeed the Savior and the King of the Jews and the Messiah, it says from that time that Jesus began to teach them that he was going to have to suffer greatly, that he would have to return to Jerusalem, and the priests would ultimately lay hands on him, he would suffer greatly, and he would die. And so he begins to teach them what has to happen in order for him to be the Savior. Now, we've talked about this before, how uh, specifically Peter, and I'm guessing the rest of the disciples, they had this idea that Jesus would come in on a white horse and that he would set up his kingdom and overthrow the Roman government and he would deliver Israel from its oppression by the Roman government and they would, he would set himself up as king. But that was not Christ's plan at all. And so after they confessed him as Savior, see, Jesus doesn't do anything by accident, and Matthew didn't write his gospel by accident. It is in the order that God gave him. After they confess him as Savior and admit that we know that you are Messiah, they confess him as Lord. 
Jesus then tells them what you think I'm supposed to do is not what I'm actually here to do. I am here to suffer to die at the hand of the religious leaders, the priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Peter did not like what Jesus was telling them. And so Peter being the spokesman for the twelve, because that was his role, he was kind of the de facto leader. He's the one that spoke all the time for them. He came before Jesus and rebuked him and said, I will never let this happen to you. This will never happen to you. Stop talking this way. Why? Because Peter, in his mind, and the mind of the other disciples, was that Jesus would come and be king and deliver them. But the reality was the opposite in terms of they were not going to be delivered by, from a physical oppression. They were going to be delivered from spiritual oppression and separation from God. They were definitely under the oppression of, uh, of an authority, but the authority they were only focused on was in the physical, but the actual authority that was oppressing and the, uh, oppressing and the one that Jesus was concerned with was the one in the spiritual. Amen. Right? And so Peter pulls him aside, we'll never let this happen. And so Jesus has to rebuke him and say, get thee behind me, Satan. Because what you want is not what God wants. And this morning, I want to take a moment and talk to you about the dangers of pressing forward with your will in spite of God's will. Wow. The dangers of knowing what God has told you he wants you to do and what is his will and his plan and his purpose, yet we have decided that we are not going to obey God's plan and purpose and we are going to do what we want to do. And when you and I run from God and when you and I run from his will and run from his purpose, it very well can happen that we become the mouthpiece and the pawn of Satan. When you and I are living opposite of God's will, we can become just like Peter and actually be a pawn of Satan instead of a warrior for God. We then become the one who sows division and discord. We then become the one who drives uh, our relationships away from God, our families, our children, as they begin to follow us down the path of destruction that we've chosen. Because we're not willing to submit to the will of God. And as things begin to unravel and as things begin to break and as misery sets in and depression sets in and oppression sets in. Instead of coming to God we get mad at God. Because we are trying to walk in our own will and not his will. And we don't want his will. We want our will. We want what we want when we want it. Yeah. Yes. Even if that means. Telling God, no. And Peter told God, no. Peter said, this is what I want. You're going to be king. We, the twelve, are going to help you be king. We will fight for you. We know this. Why? Because when they came to get Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, what was the first thing Peter did? Sword out, began to slap, hack and slash. Once again, he was being an instrument of Satan. Oh, wow. Yet Jesus 
healed the man whose ear he, Peter cut off. And he said, Peter, dummy, don't you know that if I wanted to, I could call down legions of angels? They have no power over me except the Father give it to them. Unless God allows it, they have no power over me. They aren't taking my life. I'm giving my life. And you can't keep me from giving that. Keep me from accomplishing the will of the Father. We know that Jesus didn't want to go to the cross in terms of he was afraid. We know that he was afraid because when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying so hard he sweated blood. Meaning he was praying so hard and intensely that he was hemorrhaging in, under his skin and sweating blood. He was afraid. He didn't need someone in his ear telling him that you don't have to die. We'll make sure that that doesn't happen. And so he says, get thee behind me, Satan. You and I must recognize when the enemy is trying to tempt us to go the opposite way of God's will. And my goodness, do we need to understand that when you and I go against God's will, there is always collateral damage. Amen. I just want to repeat that again. Yes. There's collateral damage. Our children will suffer. Yes. Our relationships will suffer greatly when we go contrary to the will of God. Because you cannot live in sin without there being repercussions for that sin. But here's the great thing about God is that if we confess and ask for forgiveness and mercy, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and set our feet back where we're supposed to be going. Amen. And God can redeem and restore relationships. Yes. Here's the thing that someone needs to hear today. You are the linchpin that is holding your family together. And when you ran, your family ran. And so therefore, if you want to see your family saved the way that you say that you do, then you need to correct your own course of behavior and action. If we want to see, if you want to see your children in church and their, their husbands and wives in church, if you want to see your grandchildren walking with God, then it starts with you. If I go off the rails and my children follow me, then God wants to bring me back on the rails and then my children will also follow me. Does that make sense? Amen. And so therefore, instead of feeling guilt and shame, we just need to confess and get right back to where we know God wants us to be Amen. in a right relationship with him. But it's hard. When you and I have been living our lives in such a way that we've been honoring ourselves for so long, even in misery and guilt and shame and depression as a result of that, it's very hard still to give God control again. Amen. There's a reason why it says after Jesus rebuked Peter that it says, deny yourself. If you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. You follow Jesus with your cross on your back. You follow Jesus the way that he walked, which was in humility and denying himself. Christ denied his own desires so that he could fulfill the will of the Father. You and I must deny our own desires so that we too can fulfill the will of the Father. 
We must deny ourselves, meaning we must want God's will more than our will. We must want God to do what God is willed to do, even if it's uncomfortable for us. Even if we don't want his will. Even if we don't like what he is trying to do. Even if it hurts. Even if it makes us uncomfortable. Even if it causes us some pain for a season. We must want his will in spite of our will. And as long as we want our will and not his will, we'll be miserable. We'll have times of joy and peace, moments of relief, but overall, our pain will overcome that which is peace, and our depression will overcome that which is freedom. We'll suffer greatly for walking contrary to the will of God. Suffer greatly. So in order for you and I to come back, we must first say, God, I want thy will to be done. In spite of me, in spite of what I want, in spite of what I want to happen, I want your will to be done. Even if it hurts, even if I'm uncomfortable, even if it means a sacrifice, thy will be done. But none of us, including myself, I don't like pain. I don't like her. Kelly the other day said, you have the lowest threshold for pain out of anyone I know. She was fussing at me because I got a big old splinter in my foot. And rather than try to suffer the pain of getting it out, I let it get infected. And so it hurt worse because I'm a stupid man. And so um, she goes, I've, I've got to get that out of your foot. And so many times we're willing to walk with a splinter in our foot rather than let God do the surgery necessary and suffer the pain necessary wow. so that the infection can be cleaned up and we can walk normally. Wow. We may limp for a little bit while it heals, but it'll be ultimate healing. But as long as it's in the foot and as long as it's there, it cannot heal. Mm. Kelly made me, because I'm a wimp, she made me sit down and I bit and she don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> she, she made me stand there, and she um, made, me, or made me sit down, and she said, I'm getting that splinter out. And man, it hurt, because it was in there deep. She had, we had to, it was awful. It was terrible. And I cried like a little baby. Okay, I really didn't cry a whole lot, but a little bit. And so she said, you're such a wimp. But you know what? When finally got this, and it was, she could tell you, it was a really big thorn. She goes, it was. It was like this long. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> it, it, it hurt. But when she got it out, literally within hours, I was able to walk without pain. Wow. But I did have to suffer a great deal of momentary pain to have release. Wow. And so for you and I, many times to be healed completely, there is some pain that has to be take place as God does what God does, which is get rid of that which is the source of the pain. Amen. But sometimes we'd rather walk with a limp than to allow God do what he needs to do, to deny ourselves and ask for his will instead of our will. Because see, Jesus goes on to say, what good is it if I gain the whole world, but I lose my own life? Mm. What he's talking about there is he's not just talking about this life. He's talking about eternal punishment and hell. Mm -hmm. What good is it if I 
gain everything I want, if I walk every day in my will, even if everything goes perfectly, even if I make millions of dollars, even if my family's all healthy, even, even if everything goes perfectly, which we know does not happen, but even if everything did go perfectly and you gained the whole world, yet lost your life, what's the point? Now, a lot of people who gain the whole world, they actually lose this life too because they're so wrapped up in stuff and they become selfish and self-centered and they're not living their lives the way that God intended. They look like they're having abundant lives, but they're not actually having abundant lives. Or if we live our life striving every day and we're working so much overtime so that we can have what we want and we're working so many jobs so that we can have what we want when we want it and we're not going to church and we're not doing Bible study and we're not taking the time to pray. We're not taking the time to read our Bible. We're not taking the time to spend time alone with God because we've got to work so much to make ends meet. We've overextended ourselves to the point that we can't pay our bills and we can't, you know, pay our mortgage and we can't pay our rent and we can't do all these things unless we work all of these extra hours, unless we work all of these jobs. And what's happened? Yeah, we've gained something, but we're losing our life. I mean, Jesus is pretty straightforward. He said, what? If your eye causes you to sin, do what? Cut it out. And so what that means is today is it means that if Netflix is causing you to sin, you stop watching it. Amen. And it means if movies are causing you to lust in your heart or desire violence, you stop watching them. Amen. He said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Mm. What does that mean today? That means relationships that are toxic, you got to get rid of them. Amen. And it hurts and it causes a momentary sense of pain. But the freedom that you and I will feel ultimately is worth the momentary sense of pain. That momentary bit of pain is worth the ultimate freedom. Amen. The freedom from depression. And the freedom from anger and resentment and uh, 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 guilt and shame. That getting rid of Having that momentary experience of pain is far better in the long run than to continue to wallow in our in our and where we're at and lose our own life. You know, the prodigal son had a choice. He could have kept eating pig slop and died. Mm-hmm. He would eventually die because it was gross and nasty and it was dirty. And it was not healthy for him to eat from the trough of pigs. He would have gotten some horrible sickness. And he was living there in the pig pen, eating what the pigs ate. He would have gotten sick and died if he had stayed in the pig pen. But he came to himself enough to say, why am I in the pig pen when I could go home to my dad? Now, even though he saw it in the wrong way and that he thought he'd go home and be dad's servant, dad didn't want a servant. He wanted his son back. God doesn't want you to come back and him to put his foot on your neck and oppress you. He wants you to come back so he can make you a son and a daughter again. Amen. He wants you and I to deny ourselves so that he can call us his child. Amen. So that he can give us the inheritance. The book of uh, First Peter tells us that God is literally storing up a treasure for us. He's got a treasure marked with our name. Yeah. That's what it says. It is reserved for us. Meaning in God's bank up in heaven, there's a safety deposit box with your name on it if you know him as Lord and Savior. 
So if you come back to him, he, he wants to reward us, not punish us. Amen. If we return to him, he wants to give us peace and comfort and joy and all the things that go with that. And he wants to set us free from the guilt and the shame and all the condemnation. Because why? God does not desire to rule you in terms of his foot on your neck. He wants you to submit to him and willingly submit. And if you and I willingly submit, then our relationships will be healthier and our days will be brighter because as long as you're living contrary to what God wants, you'll be miserable. Amen. And I will be miserable. Amen. What if it, that I gain the whole world and let yet lose my life? Amen. Someday he goes on to say that there will be a judgment where all will stand before God who did not call upon him as Lord and Savior, who chased the things of this world or chased their own selfish desires and what they wanted and did not go after God's desires, there will be a reckoning. So today is the day of salvation. Today is the day is to call upon his name. Today is the day to make a decision that you're going to deny yourself. I'm going to deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. Today is the day that I look at myself and recognize that God is trying to align me so he can align my family. Amen. He's trying to get me in the position that I need to be so that I can see my family saved, that I can see them return to Christ. Doesn't mean it'll be instantaneous. And he wants to open our eyes so that we can see and recognize where we're at and not be used by Satan as a device for destruction instead of as God's warrior. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 224. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.